he wanted Times Noman Rumino Times Nome. Cut all right, cut all this. Edit point right here. He wanted Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. And I'm drunk because I was twenty minutes early and uh Sniper was twenty minutes late, so that's forty minutes of extra drinking that I usually don't get. But we'll get through this, folks. You just hold my hand, we're gonna make it. Yikes. So uh all right. Well before yeah. we before <laughs> we get low energy, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Where's that where's that big, you know, penis energy, man? Where's that? I'm a I'm a professional, dude. A professional who doesn't say his name at the beginning of the podcast. No. <laughs> this is why we're not getting new listeners. All right. This is why no one fucking loves you. Okay. Oh, so before Jesus. we get into this, we've got a few things to shout out. Number one, let's get this out of the way. We've got the drill bit subscribing for 13 months in a row past that year, Mark. Lucky 13. Thank you very much. Thank you. Also, some new patrons this month. We've got Gabriel at the $10 tier and Will as well. Probably trying to get their hands on that that juicy, (laughs) not safe for work exclusive. Not one person has been like, this was stupid. Everybody's like, <laughs> no, I can't believe you put that out there. <laughs> like, uh, what yeah. you, some, it was incriminating, it, it literally, yeah, <laughs> it was incriminating, yeah. Um, all right, thank you but very it, much, guys. Yeah, the we basically we literally just drug it out of the trash bin, um, so that these two newest people can listen to it. But I guess we're done right after that, right, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, so it's, going, be another it's one. going away, there'll be another one, yeah. All right, but we also want to talk about DLGCon. So it's been a weird year, weird year with COVID. We weren't sure what we were going to do, but it looks like there is some interest in this. It'll be probably small, but I don't know. We'll see how many people want to be a part of this. So for the last couple of years, around the November time, we've been getting together in San Diego and just having a lot of listeners come visit us. We rent out a house. We play a bunch of tabletop games, a bunch of video games, and just hang out, eat food, and game the whole time. This year, it looks like we're going to be doing it around November. It's probably going to be in Las Vegas, and it looks like it is going to be happening. So it's in the planning phase right now. If you want to be a part of it or if you're curious and want to find out more, then just go to our Discord. There is a channel for DLGCon planning, and we'll figure it out. Uh, Cricket Soldier is going to be our liaison uh, this year. Um, everybody else was busy. He was literally my last choice. No, uh, he volunteered and he's helping us out big time. Um, and if you want to get to our discord, everything, all things DLG are on, uh, digital, net, And then you can, all the links are right there, uh, including our discord, which is better than podcasts. That's where the yeah. action is. That's where the action is. Um, unfortunately, I don't know um, if I'm going to be able to go to DLGCon. If I do, it'll be Sans Baby, obviously. And um, no, I doubt I'll be able to go unless like, I get out of the Navy. But uh, mm. I would love to go. Um, I might just send like a robot or like a phone. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've always wanted to go to one since you guys started them. Every, every, like, you guys would do DLGCon. And like I'd see the group messages, and it's like, oh, JP Diddy could like made whole loaf French toast for everybody, and everybody gained like eight pounds in one day. I'm like, oh, that's what I like to do. He, always, he feeds us all. He feeds us all. Mm-hmm. He's coming to my birthday party. We're doing it in um, Baja, California, um, south of the border, and he's. Gonna, 
I was like, dude, you can only cook one day. Like, we're on vacation. You got to take it easy, buddy. <laughs> you guys want to talk about some video games? Okay, I do. I guess. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you, what's on your radar, SA? <laughs> so, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out recently on May 14th. Mm-hmm. It seems to be well-received. A lot of people are liking it. Now, I had a conversation with someone about this, and I don't think I'm going to be playing this because I, I got pretty much the best Mass Effect experience you're going to get. I played one through three back-to-back over the course of one summer, and it was great. I loved it. Um, I'm not really... I don't really feel the need to revisit the game. Um, this includes all the DLC. It also has... Uh, it's been upscaled to 4K, so it would be a great way to experience the game again. But I just I don't think I need to. Well, arguably, arguably, Bobby, um, the best experience now would be do the same thing that you did, but now with the Legendary Edition, I would imagine. Yeah, and I could play. Different yeah, that's that's for people well. that I think are either a too young or b just didn't have the opportunity to do it. Right. It's like one is a good game. Two is a amazing game, and three is great after all the like the patches and everything that they added. Um, you know, after as, as someone who's played it, played two four times and three three times, I, I won't be visiting it. Unfortunately, the only thing that would get me back to it is if they redid two's multiplayer because two's multiplayer is amazing. I don't know if you guys ever played the multiplayer, but you get to play all the alien races. And uh, you get a bunch of unique abilities that are not even in the game, like in the main game. And uh, it's like arguably the best horde mode of any video game in the, like the last 20 years. So it's a co-op mode. Yeah, it's a co-op mode and you have four, you have four allies and you, um, I always plays as the Krogan, obviously, cause I'm dumb, dumb and uh, so are Krogan's. Um, but uh, yeah, you can play as I think every single race except for the ones that you don't see in combat, like in the game. Like you don't play as like the giant dudes that are walking artillery, and you don't play as like the short fat guys with little gas masks on. But you can play as a Solarian um, and a bunch of other things. But uh, that would literally be the only reason for me to play. If like one day you guys were like, "Hey, let's play Mass Effect Two multiplayer," I'd hop on and play it. And you have, you don't have to buy all three games, right? You could like let's say that was a thing, Nick. You you could buy just the second one, right? I think no. The legendary yeah. edition is all three games in one. Yeah. Uh, what's the price on that? It's all three games. Know. It's all the DLC. It's everything. Yeah, it's it's full price. It's sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. Yeah, but it, it that honestly, if you've never played. You know, oh, Mass Effect, right now. or you may, you've maybe played two once and you never got to play three or one. It's a, it's a it's a must buy in my it's opinion. It's a must buy. Yeah, yeah. This is it, it, you know, It's very high up there in PC gaming lore. Like this is you know. Not to, uh, not to get too out of out of topic, but we were we were talking a little bit earlier about like you know you were space talking. and the future of humanity and where we're currently at as far as like development and things like that. And like I stated that the best possible, one of the best possible situations for us as a species regarding like discovering human life. I mean, discovering extraterrestrial life is the mass effect situation. And, uh, if you guys want to find out what that is, you know, buy the game and check it out. 
Ooh, I've never man. played a Mass Effect game. Oh, dude, buy so it. I'm 100% going to dive into this. Like, everyone says it's so good. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. So okay, so, like, one thing I'll give you a warning on. One, even with, like, an NVMe drive and all that stuff, is going to be a slow game. Like, it's, like, when they first introduced a lot of the mechanics and everything. Two is very fleshed out. And three, well, with the DLC, it went from a terrible game to like a pretty good game, but two is most people's favorite. But overall, right. there's a, there is a through line. There's a good story being told. Yeah, and the decisions you make in one game carry over to the other game too. Yeah. Oh wow! Dude, and not just, yeah, 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 dude, and so not that just was... that, but like, well, the way he said it, it sounds like just decisions overall. But literally, people who live or die, and your co-pilots or your friends, the ones that survive. You basically, you're the deciding factor of who lives and dies. And then those people are magically in part three. Like if you did part other two, things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is that how it works? What your decisions? Yeah. One? So there, there are people that exist in all three games that you decide if they live or die at moments. Well, and so you develop relationships. Mass Effect is all about these relationships that you develop with people. And based on what your relationships are with the characters at the end of two, I remember there's a big event yeah. and certain people die and survive yeah. that. And some people continue the ones that you have better relationships with continue on until the next game. But there's also decisions like what you choose to do when you encounter the Reaper uh, that have drastic effects on how the rest of not just the game, but the series plays out. So yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. I don't think I've seen something quite like that in other games. And if you've never played it, Absolutely. Check it out. I mean, I played these, I think it was 20, the summer of 2015 or something. And that, that was way after these games had come out. I think three came out 2011 and it's just, you can't really call yourself much of a gamer if you haven't played mass effect. It's just one of those yes, uh, cultural touchstones when it comes to <laughs> gamers. It's like never playing Half-Life or a Half-Life game, you know, it's a, like, you kind of have to experience it. And I, I, think, I haven't done that either, dude. I'm an idiot gamer. Shit. Wow. No, you're just, you know, young, you know, you're younger than me. So you're dumb. And, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I'm just know, kidding. But no, it, it, it really is a, a great series as far as like, I think it still holds as up as old as it is. I think this would still be enjoyable to a modern audience. Uh, it was my introduction to the action RPG like more on the RPG side, it feels like an RPG, but the action is actually you know you're shooting and mm -hmm. ducking and you stuff can like pause that. Pause during yeah. combat, and yeah, I think yeah, it's very also interesting. Class you play as well. Yeah. All right. Is it, uh, is it up for PS5? Does anyone know? Who cares? Who cares, dude? <laughs> oh, you suck. What? Shut up. <laughs> Me. And, I, I want to. First of all, I want to shout out somebody. Uh, Diddy, thank you so much. All right. So. This is going into the topic of what we're supposed to talk about after the radar, but I'm going to say it right now. Diddy, the man, the myth, the legend, the legend, gifted me 50 bucks on PSN to buy Returnal. Dude, that game is fucking awesome. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Send them 50 bucks back, dude. Like that's, I think that's what you're yeah. supposed to do. It's that. so good, dude. <laughs> All right, we'll talk oh, about man. it later. Um, now let's, let's last thing. what we got on the radar. Last thing on this though. Uh, Bobby, isn't it kind of like a techno futuristic Lovecraftian story? If you think about it, like the Reapers are pretty like noodly. <laughs> well, they're old gods, basically. Mm -hmm. If you think, well, I don't want to give it too much away, but like, yeah, aren't they Lovecraftian in a way? 
I would say, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd say. I never thought about it until just right now when we were talking about it. Yeah. yeah. It's hard I, to I would say they are. Yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty good way to put them. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. All right. Cool. What else do we have? Um, I guess I'll go for um, next. Um, are you going next? Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, Getsu Fuma Den, uh, Undying Moon. Uh, the closest thing that I can relate this to would be like Dead Cells. Uh, it's a Metroidvania roguelite, and uh, you have to check out the the graphics and the art in order to really appreciate this. It's a Japanese-inspired game. You can tell it's, you know, Samurais and Oni and stuff like that. Uh, but if you look at the actual art, um, it looks like old Japanese, like, paintings. Uh, it, it's very beautiful. Um, it looks and, amazing. Yeah, it looks fucking fantastic. And then I I was impressed, and then I saw the boss. And the boss, you know, I saw about 20 minutes of gameplay. Um, and I was like, whoa, I was blown away by the bosses on this game. Unfortunately, uh, after watching 20 minutes of gameplay, um, it's slower paced in Dead Cells. And to me, it looked like there wasn't a lot of variations even though they're throwing a bunch of different weapons at you all the time, I didn't see a lot of variation between the weapons. It seemed like there was like ranged uh, weapons and there was um, melee weapons, but almost all the melee weapons seemed to do the same thing and the ranged ones kind of seemed to do the same thing. Uh, you're going up in rarity and power level, but in general, it didn't look like it changed your play style too much. Um I mean, I, I appreciate what, what they did here. Um, check it out. See what you think about the art side of it. Um, but if I was going to play like a roguelite or something, I, th- I probably play Dead Cells or Hades before I play this. It just doesn't look as fun. Well, it is an early access. So this was originally a game on the Nintendo. I never played it before. But this is kind of a remake of it. And yeah, it's got that traditional Japanese art, which looks amazing in their promotional material on the Steam page. I went and watched a little bit of the gameplay footage on YouTube. For some reason, it didn't seem quite as impressive when I was watching that. Yeah. I don't know what it was. They they, they really cherry-picked the, the uh, better scenes, I guess, as you do when you're picking out what to put on your Steam page. Yeah, but I, I watched 20 minutes straight of like the first level. And it just seemed, you know, it it looks beautiful, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it didn't look very fun, unfortunately. The bad guys looked awesome, like a lot of creativity. But, you know, I haven't had my controller, uh, controller in my hands and played the game, so I can't say for sure. But from what I saw, you know, lackluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got a high price tag, too. This game's about 30 bucks. Yeah. Even in early access, that seems very steep. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead, Nick. You, ne- you next? No, you go ahead. All right. So, uh, you know, you know me, you know, the, the local Warhammer guy. I got to talk about Warhammer. Um, Necromunda Hired Gun is coming out. I actually am, am looking forward to this game, depending on, like, how the reviews come out for it. It is a... Um, a story of you being a bounty hunter and you live in a hive city 
Um, Necromunda is widely known as the underbelly un- underbelly of human civilization, where like these cities of billions, uh, you know, make things for the empire. But like, there's plenty of like crime and things like that that exist. And there's these gangs that fight for fidelity and power in these areas. Um, the game is single player only. Um, it's supposed to be high paced. From the gameplay I've seen of it, it looks like a Doom clone, like a modern Doom clone. You slap a Warhammer, uh, you know, skin on Doom. I'm there. I love Doom. I love how fast it is. I love the wall, the wall riding, the the grabbing, the double jumping, the dashing, the sliding. It's all here. Um, it's a very small company making the game. There's some, like from what I've seen so far, the game is pretty. It's high gothic and. The only thing I've seen that kind of upsets me a little bit or kind of gives me a little bit of a doubt is the some of the animations. But other than that, it looks fun. Uh, you can pre-purchase it, and it's, it's discounted right now. It's $33 American. Um, it promises to have a full story. You are, like I said, a bounty hunter, and you even get a dog, which dogs in the future are, like, really rare. So I wonder, I want to know how the fuck this bounty hunter gets a dog. Um, so yeah, it's like I said, it's only 33, 33 bucks. It's a doom clone. It's dressed in, it's dressed in Warhammer 40 K. So I might check it out. Hmm. All right. Coming doesn't, out June 1st. Doesn't look bad. Uh, Nick ne- now Necromunda itself was a separate game, right? A game called. Necromunda. Yes. So when Necromunda was announced by games workshop, it was essentially a smaller game for people who couldn't really afford, I don't want to say afford, but weren't really open to the idea of playing very big armies. The way the game was originally designed when it first came out was like you only have four models and, you know, there was very limited rules and things like that. It was originally a board game um, and then it became a clone, or I shouldn't say clone, but like kind of similar rules to to current um, Warhammer 40k. But uh, it it like now they're putting a lot of a lot of money and and time and effort into the Necromunda line. Like they just they're announcing new gangs left and right like every month. And so before there was only three gangs that you could really play as or four gangs. But now I think there's seven. So they're kind of pumping it up. Cool. Sorry, I asked. Probably. <laughs> All right, they are making a pinball machine for the Mandalorian. I figured this had to happen, right? Uh, Stern Pinball, the last maker of pinball machines, really, in the world, uh, is making... Oh, a physical one. A physical pinball machine, Ooh. yes. Yeah, the Mandalorian-themed pin- pinball machine. Uh, but check out the price tag. So they've got three versions. They've got the Pro, the Premium, and the Limited Edition. And it starts, the Pro version starts at around $6,000. Mm. What the, the fuck? most expensive one being around $10,000. Yeah, now average price for a pinball mm. machine, if I remember correctly, I, I don't know, this may not be recent. Uh, it's around three to five thousand. Yeah, I would think three. I think it's oh, it's up, a physical so. machine, dude. I thought you, I thought you meant it was the game. Yeah. I was like, dude, they brother, they better fucking send you a machine. Holy <laughs> shit! Okay, no, 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 I was freaking out a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, they sell these to a lot of businesses. They put them in their bars or whatever, and it's like a soda machine, right? Like they just they make money off of buying these machines, so it's an investment. Right. Um, but this is obviously a very popular show right now, so it seems. Uh, it seems like a good fit for a pinball machine. Uh, they've got, if you look at the video now, 
pinball is something I touch on from time to time. I really enjoy pinball FX three. I watched a documentary about uh, what happened to pinball machines in the nineties and why there's only one company left making them. And there's all these names for the different parts and everything and what they have. Like it's a whole scene, but if you're, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, then uh, yeah, check it out on, on Stern's pinball. I think the mental warlock has like th- four or five or six mm-hmm. and he actively like, I guess the resale market is is pretty hot. So, you know, he always has a rotating... Uh, Machines? Yeah. He's always selling them and getting new ones in. Hmm. Well, yeah. that's good to know, because I'd assume that it's mostly businesses and enthusiasts so, buying these types of things. Now, so when does yours show up? Oh, no, I'm not buying. Where am I going to put a pinball machine, dude? <laughs> Uh, Bro, if it right was next a thousand bucks bed, next to your fucking a, sweet a ass thousand kicks, dollars? no, you're, you're <laughs> so empty. Come on, there's got to be a there's got to be a number, Bobby. Two hundred and fifty dollars. No, literally, where am I going to put a pinball on machine? the balcony? You never go out there. <laughs> All right, if you're a Patreon, okay, we're going to make a new tier. It's going to be thirty dollars. After six months, Bobby's going to buy a pinball machine. <laughs> Let's do it. But when we went to. When we often have guests in San Diego, like listeners from the podcast that come out, we always take them to a place called, what, what's that place? Coin Op. Coin Op. It's, it's very popular here, and I assume in other cities, to make these bars that have arcade machines because a lot of people who played video games when they're young are now, of course, of drinking age. So uh, a lot of the games we remember from our childhood, like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, they're all at these Coin Op uh, places, which are like bars slash um, arcades. And uh, the last time we went to one of these, they had three pinball machines, all Sterns, in there. So these guys are doing well. You know, they're still selling machines. Good for them. Well, if you, <laughs> it's a reverse monopoly, dude. If you're the only business left mm-hmm. in a field that everybody else left, you have yeah. the monopoly just well, a lot by, of the people, attrition. Yeah, they, a lot of the people that used to work in these companies that made uh, pinball machines, they, they went off to work to make... Um, uh, slot machines. Mm, yeah, it makes so, sense. Yeah, that's, that sounds like that. that would be like the expected decision or like after effect of making pinball machines. Midway was the big one. Yeah, Midway was a big yeah. one. Yeah, nineties. Yeah, I actually remember that too. Yeah, yeah that the Adams Family one. I think it was like the most popular machine ever. I thought it was a Kiss one, wasn't it? There's everything. This one, no, yeah, the, the Adams Family one was sold a ton of units, and that was kind of during the. Um, the go-go phase of pinball machines in the early nineties, but yeah, Jurassic sure. park was my bay. Yeah. I played, I played kiss and I played men in black. That's what I played. Men in black. I remember playing the Adams family one. I played quite a few, but I remember did the Adams family one have one where it was the uncle and his head would light up when you got like all the bonuses and shit. And that was like the main thing that you wanted to do to get the highest score. I don't know. Maybe. Uncle Fester. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that was like the whole thing was like you were trying to light up the whole. Like, can we see sniper? Can you can you bring up Adam's family pinball machine like original stopper here? Let's <laughs> let's get into this. I don't know, man. The way I play pinball machines, I just like hit the buttons and make the ball bounce. I'm not really trying to ah. aim things. Like I don't play it. Like oh really? Should. Yeah. Oh I'm not, shit. Like, what? Trying to, no, when I play it now, yeah, but when I was a kid, I wasn't like, oh. like trying to. Oh. No, when I was a kid in Jurassic Park, so if you do all the quests that are assigned to you, then you go into meltdown phase where all the cages open, 
and it just keeps pumping b- balls out. And you have six balls going at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah, and it's just ball. craziness. Um, and it recreated the whole thing. The the big thing that uh, Jurassic Park did was um, there was a magnet that would grab the ball and it would re- recreate the guy being eaten on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like the ball was the guy, and the magnet would yeah. like, and the, and then the T Rex come down and eat it. Yep, love nice. this. Uh, all right, enough about pinball. And, and, all right, yeah. What else? What do you got? got? What do you got, Emilio? Um, so Command Modern Operations, never heard of it. Um, uh, I took pretty. a look at it, and it's like a tactics game that you play from a glo- global perspective. Um, it just looks like satellite images. And um, I thought I never, I didn't even figure that there was games like this out there, but they're out there. You're, you're playing as if you were a, I guess a uh, four-star general or something, you know, you're looking at satellite images and you're um, commanding the battle from up there. And uh, the only reason that this came up on my plate was uh, one of our patrons said that his son made the DLC for this. Um, it's called Cashmere, I believe, is the DLC. Um, Cashmere Fire, right there. You can see it at the very top. Um, so he just made that. So he put it on on the radar, and I and he's like, "Oh, you guys can make fun of me here, but I'm super proud." I was like, "Dude, why would we make fun of you? This is awesome. It looks super technical, very hard to do, and your son made a video game. That's incredible." Yeah. One thing. One thing I'll say is like. Regardless if a game is good or not, right? If you're on the dev team and like you actually care and you try hella hard, I'm not gonna make fun of your game. That like that's your legit work. Unless it's like a troll or something like that, then all props. Like this is this is pretty awesome. Like I, th- unfortunately, this isn't my kind of game. I know plenty of people that would be into this that are in the military that would love to play this kind of shit. And I'm definitely gonna recommend it to them. But you should not be ashamed or like expect to be made fun of for shit like this. Yeah. This is this is great. Um, apparently, you can recreate all the b- battles of modern history, so you could play all the way through um, World War II and make all the the major tactical decisions. We're not talking about like carrying a gun on the beach. We're talking about like this ship moves here, moving the, battalions, yeah, moving, battalions yeah. where they're going to move and stuff like that. Um, picking somebody to go save Private Ryan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I. It's interesting, like, in the back of my mind, obviously, I knew games like this existed, just had never seen one, and it's cool, for sure. Actually, now that I'm seeing the gameplay and everything, I remember this being on uh, Reddit, and people, like, so I I follow Reddit, it's called Combat Footage, Um, I follow it for a multitude of reasons, and it's actual footage from, like, the front line, or from, like, supporting areas, most of the time it's GoPro footage, but it's also other things that you can see, and it's actual combat. Um, and I and I watch it, like I said, for a different uh, different reasons. But uh, somebody posted this game there, saying this is probably the most accurate way that, as a civilian, you can depict how war is really fought nowadays. Because it's not it's not like the olden times where it's like we're gonna move twenty thousand tanks to the Western Front and attack, you know, from from Russia. It's a lot different. It's all positioning and things like that that really wins wars. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. All right. Last game I wanted to bring up is called Before We Leave. And this is a 
simulation city building game, I guess you could say resource management. Um, but it takes this very interesting nonviolent approach. Um, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, a little, uh, yeah, a nonviolent city building game in a cozy corner of the universe is how they describe it. <laughs> so you're this, uh, race of people, I guess, that come out of the ground and are trying to colonize the land, but you're doing it non-destructively. And I thought that was just a really interesting idea. In so many games, the emphasis is always on violence. Like in so many games, you're just killing things, right? So I'm always interested when people try to take this kind of approach to it. It's a, it's an interesting looking game. It's got a very, um, uh, a very casual look to it with hexagons and everything. So it looks like it might be a little more on the simple side, but it might be worth checking out. I thought it was worth giving this game a shout out. I played a minimalist uh, version of this. Very, I mean, ah, fuck. It was almost a puzzle game. It was a city builder, but it was a puzzle game. Um, man, never mind. I just is this the same developers like as for the king? Because the way that map looks and everything looks, this look very it, similar. I don't know. It looks similar to a lot of games, honestly. Yeah. yeah, and the price on this game, it's not too expensive. I believe it's around fifteen dollars. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine. So, not too bad. I, I flipped through some of the reviews. Some of the people were complaining, oh, it gets really repetitive after a while. So they they aren't spectacular, but they're they're positive. This look super awesome. Like just the look of the art and the feel. Like this is a game I could get ripping high to and play for like three. Hours. <laughs> I, I know it is ripping high, ripping ripping high, high boy. One hundred twentieth edition. Yeah, very cool. All right, what do you guys got? Uh, last thing I have is uh, Total War Warhammer 3. It's been on the radar for a while. Um, for anybody who's interested in Total War Warhammer games, I mean, uh, or War- Total War games in general, uh, they just showed the gameplay footage of the newest game. They also showed a new cinematic trailer um, that involves a little bit of a tease into the story. Um in the new gameplay, they have stated that there's a new game mode, and it's called Survival. It's very interesting. It's very different from any other Total War. Um, the way it works is that there's multiple t- there's multiple quest objectives in an actual battle, and as you're playing the battle, you can actively build fortifications and and like walls and call reinforcements. Um, you have your own currency in the battle itself while you're fighting. Um, in the trailer, they show that you're you are at Corn's. Uh, for all that doesn't know, Corn is the god of war and anger and rage. Um, you are at his doorstep. You are trying to assault his main portal, um, and you are fighting a bloodthirster, which is considered a greater demon and very difficult. And the the whole battle is supposed to take up to two hours in itself. So they're really going pretty hard on not only the battles, but restructuring some of the main complaints from the second game, which is most of the fights are siege fights. Um, the, 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 the meme is that your units carry a ladder in their butt. Uh, and like the, the, the image for the meme is literally like a little, like a pair of butt cheeks and then a ladder coming out <laughs> because no matter what race you play, whether it be orcs or dwarves or elves or humans or Bretonians, you, you all get the same units when you do a siege, right? You get the siege wagon and you get a siege tower, but now they are teasing that every race will have different things. 
um, when it comes to sieges. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's not going to be as simple as it once was. So they're, they're doing a lot of major changes. These things are going to be staying around for a while, I'm guessing, for the next Total War games. Um, there has been talks and rumors on Total War, or on the Total War subreddit of a... Because uh, this is the final Total War Warhammer game. However, they want to stick to the fantasy setting because they're making a lot of money on it. They said that the next fantasy setting might possibly be Lord of the Rings. The reason being is that um, Games Workshop owns the IP for Lord of the Rings tabletop and owns some of the video game IP um, contracts. So we might be seeing a Total War Lord of the Rings. Damn, Damn. that'd be sweet. Where, where, where did you hear that? Just out of curiosity. It's it's just all on the Reddit. It's a lot of it's a lot of what we call rumor or like rumor intelligence um, because the way the the amount of money that. Uh, Creative Assembly has made on Total War Warhammer is more money than the last four Total Wars combined. Oh, yeah. I uh, There's a mod for Medieval Total War 2 for Lord of the Rings, and it's the only reason why people play Medieval Total War 2. It has more players than Medieval Total War 2. So. Yeah, and, and, and so, like, because games work, like, everybody's putting the like the cheese crumbs together to form the wedge, and it's like... They have to finish Total War Warhammer 3. It, they, they announced it was going to be a trilogy. Um, the crazy thing about Total War Warhammer is that all three games are combined. Um, if anyone is new to the scene, I suggest to buy Total War Warhammer 2 and all the DLC in Total War Warhammer 1 with all the DLC during the um, summer sale um, because it's been leaked that all the game, I mean, both games and all the DLC are going to be fifty nine ninety nine, which is over a three hundred dollar value for fifty nine bucks. Um, you get every race, every every um, every general, every everything essentially. Um, because some of the DLCs change how some of the races are played. They give them unique unique uh, starting areas and things like that. All those things that you buy or all those things that you accumulate is going to be included in Total War Warhammer three. This episode brought to you by Warhammer. (laughs) Um, But like I said, uh, they're already talking about either doing a 40k game or doing it or doing a a Lord of the Rings game. Dude, there's very little games that. So I'll look at a game. I'll be like, that's just not for me. I'm glad that other people enjoy that thing, but that's just not for me. There's very few games that I see. I do that. And then I'd be like, I wish I was that guy that played that. And the Warhammer, uh, the Total War series is one of those where I'd be like, uh, you know, I wish that I was somebody that really enjoyed this because from the outside, it looks fucking awesome. Really awesome. To me, to me, like, you know, there was a long time where I played nothing but Age of Empires, right? I was like Age of Empires 2, Age of Mythology, all that stuff. Even being like above the age of 16, I was still playing it, like the remastered versions and stuff like that. But one day I got a free copy of Total War Shogun from like a raffle. And I was like, dude, Total War is the it. way to fucking go. <laughs> it's it's like the perfect synergy of Civ and, and, and Age of Empires. Instead of just managing 20 individual units... 
or 200 individual units, you're commanding battalions of units, which are like 50 to 60 to even like 100 individuals in one unit. And you're commanding up to 20 of those or 40 of those or even 60 of those. Dude, for a little once. while I was watching like uh, high level play or tournaments. I was just watching the tournaments because from the outside, it looks great. Like it looks like a real battle. So it was cool to watch. Uh, especially with uh, announcers uh, announcing what was going on as it goes on. Yeah. Unfortunately, like total war is one of those games where if you don't know where to start, it's very hard to get into. The other thing is that you, if you're watching it from an outside perspective, you need a caster or if you're watching a streamer, you need someone to like, say like, okay, I'm I'm moving this way and this, this area. And I'm using this guy because of these reasons. If not, you're just going to be like, Oh, big tree smash and little guys shoot arrows like that. that, That's all you're going to get. Yeah. So, but total war Warhammer three, check it out. Cool. Uh, Do we have a actual release date or is just late? Um, everyone's saying October 31st, um, they, a uh, creative assembly likes releasing games on holidays for some reason, whether they be American or British, but they haven't released a day. Um, it's already been leaked that they're going to come out with a trailer and gameplay for every, um, uh, chaos God and announce that everything's new. I mean, announce something new with every trailer with this one, they've announced, uh, survival battles and the, it was corn. Um, everybody thinks and is rumored that Nurgle is next, and then Slanesh, and then the last one is Zinch. So we'll see. Uh, the only thing I have, uh, the last thing I have is uh, Scarlet Nexus. It is an action RPG. Um, it it's uh, self shaded, and it looks a lot like the combat from maybe like Final Fantasy fifteen or something like that. Um, I watched a lot of gameplay and. Um, there's some things that make it interesting here. Uh, from what I got in general, it it's like you're playing through a world kind of like a Akira, where um, there's um, there's a lot of like psychic powers going on, and you're you're playing through it. And you can play as one of the right now. There's only two characters, but when they were actually released, there's going to be multiple characters, and you can take the care you can take the powers away from your teammates and so the stronger relationships you build with those characters in the storyline the the stronger they get the more power you get when you absorb their powers uh but if you just look at the graphics and the action i mean it's through the roof it, it, it's crazy all over the top it's like you're playing through an anime game uh, or movie um, I thought it looked fantastic just looking at it. Um, I don't think this looks like a 90 hour game and I don't have the time for it, but it looks fucking awesome. Just check out Scarlet Nexus and, uh, yeah, it looks fucking cool. I, I definitely know a couple individuals that would be very, um, down for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it looks very interesting. It looks pretty good. Yeah. We're calling this being one of them. <laughs> Um, so you played It Takes Two, right, Emilio? I did. Uh, I didn't want to go just right into it because I have to disappear for a few minutes. Okay. Uh, me and Bobby can talk about Vermintide 2. Vermintide 2, yeah, let's talk about that. So this game just, I know we keep bringing it up, and I apologize, but I'm surprised at how much playtime this game has been getting in. Um, 
for the last couple of weeks on Fridays when I've been playing, this has just been the go-to game. And even more people in our Discord community are jumping on and playing this game with us. So it's really taken off. If you don't have it, I suggest you grab it and um, join us. But uh, so Nick graciously gifted me the, what was it? The... Outcast so they, what they call it, they call it the um, the outcast. They call it career pack, and what it is is essentially unlocking a new um, play style or 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 um, class for a character. And you can you can say what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's the outcast engineer. It's just a different version of the dwarf character. Um, and what's interesting about this, and it kind of leads into a larger thing in gaming that I wanted to talk about, is that this class. Uh, makes makes the character so much more complex. You're constantly doing stuff. It's very similar to the witch in a way where you have that cooldown mechanic with her abilities. There's just a lot more that you're juggling. And a lot of the other characters I've found, uh, you just run up and you hit the guys. You just smash that left mouse button over and over again. And it kind of gets old after a while. So I, I'm really glad that I get a chance to play something a little more interactive. And I find that this happens in games, not just Vermintide, but... Uh, the biggest example I can think of was a game in 2014, I believe, called Gauntlet. It was the remake of Gauntlet. A little bit of hype around it when it came out. Uh, not well received. When it came out, everybody was pretty disappointed in it. Uh, and a huge problem with that game was the wizard class was so much fun to play. You had to do these spells by putting in these certain commands, and it was very complex. And you had to juggle that with other things that you were managing. Uh, but then you had the warrior class, which was incredibly boring. You just run up and hit people and he was very tanky and that was about it. And there just wasn't much to do. Uh, and that seems to happen with games. And I don't know if you have any examples, Nick, but I, I feel um, like sometimes when I play these games, um, there's, especially these class-based games, there's one that's obviously the one that everybody's going to want to play because it's the most fun. It's got a high skill cap. You actually feel like you're doing something. And then they've got these other classes that are just incredibly boring. And not to say that some of the other classes in, in Vermintide are boring, but they just aren't nearly as engaging as the Outcast Engineer or the Witch. I was about to say, like, the Witch is like, you know when you play a game, it's like, hey, if you're if you're someone who's very experienced with, like, putting in multiple inputs, worrying about multiple things at once, multiple cooldowns, worrying about, you know, essentially Dark Soulsing it where you have to think about three different things at once, you recommend the Witch. If you are someone who's like, I'm kind of new to playing video games, or I don't really want to think about it, or I'm too drunk, or I'm too high to really care that much, you give them the hunter or the, essentially the grail knight, or aka the tank, right? Um, the outcast engineer, as soon as I, because I, I bought the game, I bought Vermintide 2, and I got all the DLC on a huge discount. Um, when I unlocked the the outcast engineer, I was like, Oh, this is perfect for Bobby because, like, when I, I I don't get to play video games with you that much. When I do, I enjoy it a lot because you play video games in a very different way than some other people. But <laughs> when you were like, we we were playing, and you were like, oh wait, this does this. Oh wait, 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 this also does this. Oh, when I do this, this happens. And I was like, oh, he's discovering everything. But as soon as you really kind of found your groove, you once again became like the MVP of the team. Um, unfortunately I, I didn't get to play, keep playing, but it was pretty awesome to see how, you know, whether or not you play video games or not, you can see how the outcast engineer becomes more and more fleshed out or useful. 
Um, yeah, there are three more careers to come out. Yeah, yeah. I just I think it's unfortunate that they put him behind a paywall because it really is one of the better designed classes in the game. It's a lot like MOBAs. You have all these different characters with different kits, and some of them are designed really well, and they're very fun and interactive. And then some of them are just, yeah, they're there kind of as easy mode for people who aren't as good or, or maybe new at the game, but they get very boring very quick. Uh, what I thought was cool, if you look on the Steam page of this, the first review that I saw, I don't know if it's different on Sniper's page, but the first review I saw was just Rock and Stone, a <laughs> reference to Deep Rock Galactic, which I thought was amusing. That's funny, yeah. But yeah, we can, we still can't beat Champion yet on um, on Vermintide, but uh, we're going to keep at it, man. The roguelike is really, has really been a lot of fun, so I'm sure we'll continue to play that, and we've had you know more people joining us, so... Um, it, it looks like it's going to be one of those games. Like I just, I checked it last Friday. And I was like, Oh my God, I've got like almost 15 hours in this game. This is going to be one of those games that I just leave installed, like killing floor two or deep rock that I just nice, go back to. Man. Yeah. Uh, I think this game that one thing that keeps calling me back to it, it's like a, it's obviously a lot a left for dead clone, right? But the way it works as far as like abilities, obviously I'm a huge fucking Warhammer nerd. Um, so that's bringing me back, but like, it's fun to play Left for Dead and you're shooting everything and you're running around. But when you're actually like in the shit and you're whacking stuff or you're doing certain things, it feels more engaging to me than just shooting because you can just still shoot in this game. But most of the classes you're getting in there and you're doing shit. So it also the fact that there's classes makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till the third one comes out. They've already announced that the third one is going to come out. And it is a trilogy, so we'll see what happens to the you know the five when it when the next one comes up. Hey Nick, would you say this is the best Warhammer game, or what? What, mm. what do you think is? In my like, if you go, well, this is the hands down the. Oof. Man, that's him. right. You're stumping me. Is I would the say the only best time Warhammer I, fantasy game. The only time I can tell him to stop talking about Warhammer is asking him a hard Warhammer question. Um, for best Warhammer game for like your normal person, yeah, this is it right here. Like hands down, if you're like a Warhammer nerd and you're like super dweeby, Total War Warhammer Two. As far as like Warhammer 40k and other things like that, um, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Mechanicus, the game that I made Bobby play. Um, it's it's just so good. It's it's hands. It's so involving. If you love uh, what's that turn-based game with the aliens? XCOM? XCOM. Yeah, if you love XCOM, it's better than XCOM. Like, it's so good. So. Better than XCOM. Well, interesting. Um, I have uh, something to talk about, and then I'll get into my games. So, the Steam Link app, right? So, we I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this fucking four years ago or whenever it came out. Um I think mostly what we talked about is it you being able to play your games on your phone. But that's not really applicable because uh, most games don't have touch controls that are built in. But what I just realized this weekend, or this week, is that you can download this on your smart TV. You can just, on my Samsung, um, whatever series, 8 series, 
Um, I went to uh, just download apps, Steam Link app, linked it to my uh, computer, and then I was able to access, uh, what is that called, Bobby? The um, When your Steam goes into big picture mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a- a- able to access that, and then I was like, oh, great, this all works. Now I need some way to interface with my TV, right? I was like, no way is my Xbox controller going to work because I specifically bought the Xbox for PC, right? So I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. No way. I just plug in my dongle. And then now all of a sudden, I don't know where I've had this functionality for years and I had no idea. Um, I'm playing fucking Fall Guys. I'm playing It Takes Two. I'm playing every, any Where'd you plug into your dongle? Into the USB that my TV has. Oh, into the TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's hanging there. It looks ugly. But either way, it just works. It all worked. I was just like blown away that I had all the things and just never put this together before. And this is supposed to work remotely too. So outside of the house. Yeah. I believe that if you were to, what, if you were to have this, no, I think it's only on the Wi-Fi network. Okay. It's gotta be on the local network. Yeah. If you're going to use the app. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure. Because I'm now I'm thinking of um, of Plex because on Plex you can pay a little bit more and you can be outside of the Wi-Fi. Yeah, well, it says in home or anywhere using the internet with a supported device. So yeah. I don't know. I think they were. I remember hearing that it was supposed to work outside of the home, but I'd have to read up on that. Yeah, because um, you get that you get that code and you have to type that code into the desktop computer. So you would need somebody at the local computer in order to do that for you. Yeah, you need somebody to actually or have put a screen that in. share going on or something. Hmm. I'm sure there's a way around that. Either way, uh, so the first game I started playing, of course, was Bayern of Isaac, and I was like, "Ooh, this is a little chop." Not choppy. It was just slower than I, you know, you need you need like split second moves for Bayern of Isaac. Yeah, and I played a lot of it, and it got smoother as I played it throughout the hour that I played Bayern of Isaac. And um, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm so glad that I pulled this off. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be the what I wanted it to be. So then Sam and I had been playing It Takes Two. I started a new game with her. I kicked her daughter out. And uh, I was like, you know, me and you should play this. So um, the previous night we had played in the in the garage. And, you know, it's uncomfortable. I don't have two computer chairs. I have, like, a metallic fucking picnic table chair for her to sit on. And we played for, like, two or three hours. Like, we played a lot. You know, the game is great. And, um, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, it's too cold in here. Let's go. Following day, I set this up. We start playing in the living room. It looks fantastic. It's plain fantastic. Honestly, it looks better than it does on my um, my Predator X34, mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, the size and, you know, it, it looks great. And so I was like, oh, man, this is a shit. So then, I, you know, I tried a few other games. I played Fall Guys. I played another uh, other controller games. Everything but Binding of Isaac. You know, Binding of Isaac is a lot more technical. It has a lot more pixels being pushed than you actually realize. You realize it is... 
if you just take a look at it, it looks super simple. There's a lot going on yeah, there. It's a very fast-paced game, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you have a PC, <laughs> if you have Wi-Fi, if your PC is on the Wi-Fi, which mine wasn't, I actually had to hardwire into my other router because I realized that my PC, because it's hardwired, isn't on the Wi-Fi network. I had to switch uh, the ports. Uh, but I did that, and then after that, it was smooth sailing. It had to be on wireless. It didn't just work because it would be on the same local right. network. I have a weird setup going on over here. Okay. Yeah, um, because my – I don't want to explain it. I'll explain <laughs> it later. Uh, my router is not my modem. So I was plugged them directly into the modem. I had to go into my oh. router because my router is what supplies the Wi-Fi. So usually there's a, a modem slash router. They have both of them built in. So yeah. you have a modem with four ports and Wi-Fi on it. But I don't have that now because I have the... But you did. So you're saying you had your computer plugged directly into that device? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you had a separate... So you're basically running like two wireless networks. Yes. Or two yeah. networks and... Two networks, networks, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. Interesting. Either way, yeah. it all works and it's free. You just download the thing and it fucking works. I couldn't believe that my Xbox controller dongle worked on my TV. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I, I think a lot. I think it's because here's my theory. I think that it's because it's. I think the PC is doing the processing because you're just playing a stream. Mm-hmm. I, I that's what I think is going on. I don't think the TV is processing the inputs. No, it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the computer. It's just yeah. displaying it. Yeah, um, yeah that, is, that is interesting. So what? So what about? So where are you in it takes two? I just finished the whole thing between the squirrels and the wasps, and we just got okay. into the house, which was a so, huge part of the game. Yeah. So so not. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, obviously, but you're about forty percent of the way through the game. Okay, that's good to know because uh, Sam is enjoying the fuck out of it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it you know, we're not going to just keep harping on this game. It's fucking good. There, uh, there is, there is. A couple parts in the game that drive very different emotions, but there is going to be a part of this game that you are going to fucking hate yourselves. And uh, let me know when you get there because you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. All right, cool. Maybe by then it'll be okay. It'll be spoiler worthy. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about because you're talking about such uh, amazing things as far as like connectivity and easiness is uh you know battlefront 2 um apparently is a piece of shit um or your computer is we don't know yet I've we, yeah, we don't know officially that. however we've been having a bunch of issues okay but um, you know what i was talking to Amelia before the show about this and i i think this is just a universal problem i i've got a multi-monitor setup as most people do whenever i have discord open in another monitor doesn't matter what game i'm playing it doesn't like it I get a lot yeah. of frame drops. It lags. It's just it's just a little off. Um, so having Discord open in another window just never really seems to work well for me. You have to have it minimalized to avoid that. If you have it in another monitor, it seems to be when I have problems. Yeah, if I have it in another monitor yeah. opened up. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that plus Battlefront 2 just doesn't like to be alt-tabbed. I have a lot of problems when that happens. If I do that, sometimes it'll freeze at a loading screen, and I'll have to go to, you know, control-alt-delete task manager and close it down or 
do something. But yeah, it's it's a finicky game. But yours, so Nick, we would play in like five minutes in, just you would hard crash to the desktop. Yeah, which which is pretty wacky because like I dude, you would expect a multi billion dollar company to make a game that. A would run on a multi monitor setup, regardless of what input or what you know resolution you're playing at, whether it be windowed borderless or whatever. But the thing that gets me is like me and Bobby are playing. This game has been out for over like three years now, and it's like Bobby. I'm like Bobby, invite me when you're ready, and he's like, I don't see you on, yeah. and I'm clearly yeah, online, and I can see Bobby, and he, I'm like. We have to work. To, we spent twenty minutes trying to join, like trying to get each other in each other's party. I go, you know what, man? Fuck it. Just join a game, and I'm just gonna click join game when you join it. And we finally met that hat. We let that happen. We finally got into a game. Five minutes, the game crashes and it closes. I look into every fucking fathomable forum forum for like why this is happening. There's at least like seven different issues that are happening, and if you just don't have the hardware that the game wants to agree with, or you, you know, have some sort of thing that you your your game runs on a clutch on, it's not going to work. Was that your and first time so, playing Battlefield? Huh? Was that your first time playing Battlefield? No, no, no. I played Battlefront a bunch of a bunch of times, but it. it Battlefront 1, I played a lot of, and it was perfectly fine. I never had issues playing it. But Battlefront 2, dude, there's so many issues. And I just, I want to play. It's a fun game. Like, when I played, I'm like, Bobby, I'm the tank. And he's like, you're the tank. And I blow up a bunch of shit. It's a great time. But, like, for some odd reason, the game either doesn't agree to my computer or it doesn't agree to me and Bobby's friendship because (laughs) it's like, nah, y'all motherfuckers ain't going in a party. It would be too powerful if you guys came together, dude. You guys are, uh, what is it, diodes in the force? What is that diodes? What is it? Diodes. Dyad? Dyads. Dyads. That was close. I was one vowel off. <laughs> we are light emitting yeah. dyads. <laughs> um, they, EA was having server issues, too. Uh, and I was having this before today. I would try to get on, and it would say, you're offline. I'd try to connect. said, nope. And then i just keep trying, and eventually it would let me in. So, yeah, there's weird things going on there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Bro, um, you, you know the Area 721, like you can't connect or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know what I looked up, which is apparently, it's an extremely common issue. Um, you know what you have to do? You have to uh, reset your IP and then renew it again and again every time you want to try to connect if you keep having the same issue. I, don't know. Nice. I just so kept trying. To, you have to go to command. You have to... Re, uh, you have to let go of your IP and then renew it, and then you can play without that, that connection issue. But as soon as you close the game again, you have to do it again when you relaunch it. Your local IP address for your computer? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It would. I, I would just like wait a minute and a half, and then it would work for that issue. But It's, know, it's so bonkers, too. dude. Like, multi-billion dollar company, amazing franchise doesn't work like, no, yeah, I, like honestly is that a surprise though i mean how long have we been playing video games how many I, problems have we run into i never had an issue with that game it always played great yeah that's strange maybe it's just getting worse or something i don't know but i mean i'm I, that's like what everybody would say about blizzard right when there was like a bug or something like how can this multi-million dollar company make a you know not f- fix this and, and it's just i've come to expect that and not be surprised by it these days, so I'm not surprised I, I, when he has dude, these troubles. I understand making a shitty game 
right? And I understand making a game that doesn't do the fan service or just hey, just not fucking good. But just simple shit like connectivity, man, or like matchmaking or like party making, like simple, simple. They've also they've also pay like pulled most of their funding out of this game. Like it's not a game that's growing; it's a game that's dying. So they don't have their top team on it anymore. You know what I mean? Not not yeah. to defend it. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that it's like yeah, you're just being real about it, which is true. Yeah, it's not a money maker anymore. It's a money loser, probably. Yeah, they're so, probably spending more money on keeping it running than they are uh, with money coming in. Although, I will always say this: probably the still, yeah, it's still the best graphics I've ever seen on my computer screen. It is fucking yeah, beautiful. It is amazing how pretty that game is, and I've played with the, the fucking settings a lot. It is crazy how pretty it is, and how. Even how pretty it is, how little stress it causes your computer. I don't well, know what which kind of yours is a lot. <laughs> um, I also, uh, I've talked about this game already, uh, but I played it a little more. I played it a lot. Actually, I played it more than anything else this week. I Dracula Nemesis. It is a, um, it's a roguelike twin stick shooter. And, you know, it's kind of like my jam. And it has really beautiful art. Um, I like pretty much everything about it. The only thing I don't like about it is it has too much depth all all up front. Like, they just throw so much at you. Just off, the, off of the top of my head, the, the, here, here's what happens when you spawn. You have to just choose what character you're going to be. Um, there's a tutorial option that you can do. You can... Then select what universe you're going to go into. Uh, I only have one that I can go into, but eventually there's going to be more. Um, you can sell some of your soul or power or life bar to get some items. Oh, excuse me. Then you can go in the, into the game. Once you get into the game, you have your sidearm. Then you can pick up a regular weapon. Then you have your special weapon. All of these can be uh, changed out any point. It's like it's binding of Isaac um, depth without the easy progression that I did over years of playing by of Isaac. It's basically by of Isaac plus, plus, plus all at once. And it's like, just it, it's a lot, man. I can't, I can't fucking take it. It's just too much all at once. I don't understand all of the mechanics. It's all, so many mechanics going on that it, they're hard to keep track of, and you just have to play. On top of that, it's very, very, very hard. Like, super hard. And uh, But I like so much about it that it's hard for me to put it down. Um, I can recommend it. Even, even still, besides all of my complaints, uh, I could say it's at least a very interesting game, if not a good game. Um whether or not I'm going to keep playing it, like, just like like I was saying last time, um, that other game that I was playing, uh, a more actiony version of this is like more fun to play minute by minute. This is more. I'm sure it'll get more Yeah, or depth. Like it has more depth or substance. Substance. Yeah, and you have to get there. You know, uh, you can't get to yeah. the depth if you die on the first level every single time. I'm like two hours deep and I can't get to the second level. Like I've been there twice. It's really hard. 
Um, hmm. I'm going to keep plugging at it, though. I like it. So, sniper's writing them a real time time tweet, uh, a strongly worded tweet about how hard the game is. So, speaking of hard level ones and everything and roguelikes, I got to play Returnal. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Diddy essentially bought me the game, right? Because for my birthday, dude. You got to get a PS5 and you got to play Returnal. <laughs> yeah, six hundred dollars later. When you, um, I don't know, man. You get so many friends, I guess. Figure it out. Um, when you play any roguelike, do you do, do the thing that I do, where I I instantly start translating things from Binding of Isaac uh, into the game? Yeah, yeah. A lot of things can be looked at a, at through a Binding Isaac. Uh, you know, looking glass, I guess. Yeah, so I'm like, this is a curse. This is a soul heart. This is this. Right. This game has it right. Amaze Balls graphics. Literally, the only thing I don't like about it is it's the sixty nine ninety nine. It breaks the fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, you know, norm of video game pricing for the past twenty years. However, man, is it fucking fun! Apparently, it's like a three hundred hour plus game to get everything. Like. I've seen screenshots. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I I put two and a half hours in the game so far. It's awesome. It really is. Um, Diddy was like, hey, man, watch out for your first death. And I'm going to be like, I was like, uh, I, I, you know, in my arrogant ass head, I'm like, I'm pretty good at fucking video games, especially third person shooters on the PlayStation. And... You know, this, this game is, seems pretty easy so far. And so there's arguably, an area where you face like a mini boss and he just wrecked my ass in like two seconds. And I was like, holy shit. And uh, it, it as soon as I died, I know it's a good roguelike when it's like, oh, I got to play more. Like, I, I got to figure out a way to beat this guy. And, it, and it's pretty good, man. Uh, third person action games on PlayStation is kind of your jam, if you would say, right? Like, you've probably yeah. put more hours into that toy type of gameplay than anything else, right? Yes, I, w- I would probably say that that has been the case as far as, like, the past 10 years. Before I was a COD a COD maniac, I'd play COD all the time. That's what I played was first-person shooters on the, on the PS4, uh, PS3 or PS4. But now it's mostly third-person, like, God of War, Last of Us, Last of Us 2, which they just announced The Last of Us 3 is coming out. Oh, um, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they announced it's coming out. Um, however, they didn't say if it has to do with the Joel and Ellie story at all. Um, they didn't say if it was a prequel or whatever, but it is exploring the more of the Last of Us universe. Shit. Uh, um, we will. I mean, I like, dude. It's it. Returnal's so good, man. <laughs> like, it's it. it I want to play more of it. Like I say, unfortunately, unfortunately, my PS5 is in my bedroom. We just mounted the TV, so it's a little bit easier to watch and play, especially when I got my glasses on and I'm really far away from the TV. But then again, I look like a little kid when I'm sitting at the edge of the table. But when it comes, I mean, the edge of the bed, and it's not very intuitive to watch for Leslie because right now I'm playing Returnal and Resident Evil, and Resident Evil is like. Leslie's like, I want to know where this fucking baby's at. But Returnal, for me, is, like, more involved. Um, hopefully, when I, once I beat Resident Evil, um, 
I want to, I want to finish Returnal. Hmm. Bobby, would you, would you play PS5 games if someone, you know, lent you a PS5 for a little while? Probably not. <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know where I would put a PS5. Uh, I know that sounds ridiculous, but the way that I have my TV set up, it is hanging on a wall next to nothing. Like just a oh. blank wall. So I, I don't know. I, I could put it on the floor by there, I suppose. And I have enough trouble keeping up with all the computer games I got to play. Uh, I don't know how I would fit in PS5 games, and I'm terrible with controllers. So... Yeah. Well, they they do offer support for mouse and keyboard. That's so that's one of your that's one solution for your five issues. Um, I think there's actually a wireless dongle for the PS5. Like it's an HDMI thing, but it's very expensive. So, you know, hopefully once you get married, eventually, if you ever do, and you hopefully do, um, and you get a house with your current girlfriend, <laughs> you have an area to put a PS5. Or maybe PlayStation's been putting some games on. On the PC, hopefully that happens. Yeah, they said this is a PS5 exclusive for a while. I don't know. There's no shortage of good games, and I I know there are some great exclusives on the PS5, but it's there's not a huge draw for me personally to to play that. Yeah, I've never heard the word dongle before, and I've heard it this episode twice. I feel like I feel like. Did you guys know what dongle meant before? Yeah, Yeah. you don't know what a dongle is. I do now. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, dongle is a pretty funny word, but it's useful. Yeah, first person oh. ever. Chad was using that five years ago, but he was working at PlayStation, so that's the first time I ever heard of it. You got to plug in the dongle. I was like, what? <laughs> when I when I worked at Best Buy, you know, back in the ancient Roman times, um, they were like, "What's this?" I'm like, "This is your mouse dongle," and they're like, "Don't say that to me, man. That's pretty weird." I go, "No, no, no, no. You plug it in, so your mouse is wireless and it works." And they're like, "Oh, okay." Because a lot of people say adapter, but like the official "quote unquote" term is dongle. It's not really. Um, yeah, it's not an adapter. Anyway, it sounds like a word that you'd be used for dick, right? I'm for being honest. Bobby, mm-hmm. you been playing Grifflands more? Yeah, so I started getting back into Grifflands. Thought I'd check back and see how this game was doing, and it is doing great. They've got three playable characters now. Uh, completely different play styles. But what I really enjoy is that they have this daily mode where it just jumps right into the action, either a negotiation or a combat fight. And it cuts out all the story. You don't have to make decisions. Oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this question out of that. It's just like a challenge mode that takes, I don't know, maybe half an hour. I'm not, I'm not even sure, but I'm finding it so enjoyable that every day I'm logging in just to play the daily challenge. But you take your your main campaign character no, into that? No. It's just a random Yeah, setup. they they have like a draft phase where you pick cards okay. or um, oh. yeah, cards and then it sends you into whatever the the challenge happens to be. And it's just I love the mechanics of this game so much. I interviewed uh one of the guys from um Clay, Clay. Entertainment and he was talking about how he personally just loves mechanics, doesn't care for story, uh, like story at all or any of that. Uh, and I thought that was such an interesting take. But I can definitely see it because the mechanics in this game and in a lot of clay games are just spot on. They're so enjoyable. It's a card-based uh, combat game, but it's not just combat. It's also negotiations. Um, and one of the characters that I've been playing a little bit more, one of the newer ones, Rook, he has this – it's very random. It adds this – 
very, very random element to it. He's got this coin that he flips. And if it flips on this side, you get one shield. If it flips on that side, it does a one random damage. But then all his cards play off of that. Like, mm. like, oh, if you flip this, then this card does this. And it just totally makes his character way more random and maybe a little less skill-based. I, I don't know. It's fun. hard to tell, but it, it makes it so much more exciting. It's yeah. just like, it's like gambling. I'm just like, eh. I was about <laughs> to say, is it like gambling? Because like, it... it this looks awesome, man. I, I don't know how I haven't paid attention and not bought this game already. Yeah. I'm Nick, not a big was, card-based guy, but this looks just the art style alone makes me want to play this. Nick, you haven't heard his review. He's been talking about this for a long time. Apparently, Bobby, is it the same deck that you play the conversations and the combat? Or is it you no. have two separate decks? Separate decks. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I remember him talking about it, but I don't know why until now I'm like... Dude, this is fucking. This looks cool. I think it's because I've never seen the trailer, the gameplay that much. I've only seen like screenshots and shit. Well, this, this game had a weird awesome. release because it was an Epic Store exclusive for a while, so it was. Oh, okay. It, it That's why like I kept under the it. rug. I feel like when that happens to games, it doesn't get the popularity that it may deserve. So yeah, uh, it is now on Steam. It's still in early access. It's twenty bucks, which I think is totally worth it. I mean, this game, they're not even done with it yet. And it is just fantastic. And they keep adding more and more stuff. And I love all the decisions that they're making. They've got now uh, perk systems too. So there's these quests that you do. Um, They're basically like achievements. But once you get them, you get perk points to spend and you have three perk slots. So they're adding a lot more mechanical stuff as well. This game continues to impress. And the daily challenge mode, it's just like every day, dude. Like I'm just always logging in. And you can set your difficulties too on that to make it a little more challenging. And then you get more points if you win. So you can unlock some of the achievement stuff in the daily. It does help with that. Oh, okay. But the point system, I'm not even sure. I think it might just be a leaderboard. I'm not even sure. I don't care. It's just so much fun. Like, I enjoy playing. <laughs> I'm not playing this for rewards, which is the sign of a good game. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Any Anytime a game gets you back because you're just enjoying your time compared to, like, oh, I'm working to get this gun or this thing or this costume, it's like, that's when you know it's something's fucking good, man. Sniper, how much is this? It's, uh, 20, 20, 20 shekels. 20 shekels. Uh, Nick, I'm going to buy it for you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Well, no, you already got me something. Don't do nah, it. No, it wasn't enough. I'll buy it. It wasn't enough. <laughs> I'll check it out. Um, as far as, like, Bobby, I got a quick question for you. You know, you, you stated this earlier where you're like, it, you know, there's some people that really like mechanics and there's some people that really like story. As far as you go, what is, like, your anchor point in games? Like, for me, when I play games, it's like, is it entertaining me to the point where it's like, I don't want to go paint or I don't want to go work in my workshop or I'd rather be here, well, regardless of its story or mechanics. But for you, what what do you classify as like a good game or a game that attracts you? Yeah, it depends on the game. You know, some games set out, like a point-and-click adventure relies heavily on the story. You have to have a good story, otherwise the game doesn't work. There are no mechanics. It's literally point-and-click. Yeah, point yeah. yeah, but... Um, I don't know. Lately, I've been leaning a lot more towards mechanics just because I've been watching a lot more movies and you really start to realize how terrible a lot of story and games is. Not only that, but story and games, God, this is such like a, a, it's a horse that's been beaten to death, especially on this podcast. And I, I've. It's okay, Bobby. We're here to listen to you (laughs) wax poetic, dude. Um, I just feel like 
so there was a really good presentation that Jonathan Blow did like maybe 13 years ago at a college where he was talking about um, how story kind of acts as a roadblock to the mechanics of a game. And that traditionally that's how games have always worked. You play, you play some of the game and then cutscene, mm-hmm. game, cutscene, game, cutscene. And it's kind of like alternating between these two and it keeps you pre- from preventing either really because the story just gets broken up um, in between the gameplay, which you're focusing on. And then you kind of forget where you were at with the story. Which is so, why like some of these games even make fun of you for following the mechanic, doing the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like they force you like the, there's a few games that are like gun to your head. You have, are you going to do the thing? And like, you have no other choices. It's either turn the power off yeah. or do the mechanics and unlock the story. Well, I don't know. It, I guess it comes down to individual players. But for me, I never really, all my decisions are based on the game. So take Bioshock, for example. Um, whether you harvest the little girls or not, uh, that's a decision that you make in the game. And if you don't, that's the morally correct decision to do. And you lose out on some bonuses, but everybody knows that if you don't do that, you get a bigger bonus at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's very obvious that the game is, I kind of wish in a way, and I know this would never happen, but the game would have some balls and say, hey, you can do this. It's the morally incorrect thing to do, but you get a bonus. (laughs) You don't get a bonus. Isn't that like what Fallout is, where it's like, Hey, if you blow up this solar array, you'll get this really cool gun. But if you don't, these people get water, but you don't really get anything. So, like, you want to do the evil thing, right? Yeah, but good and evil, I I don't think people care at all about morality in a game. I don't know. I don't. Like, I know this is a game and not real people and nothing. I'd Unless it's, like, multiplayer or something. But if I'm playing single player, these decisions don't really affect anything. So I usually tend to do just whatever benefits me the most. Uh, oftentimes that is associated with the right thing to do because they're trying to, you know, reinforce good decisions, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think, um, the more I I think about it, the more I think I just enjoy the mechanics of games. That's why I I really enjoy them. Like if I want a good story, like there's books and movies that, that are nothing but story that, I think do it just fine. Now, that being said, there's quite a few games that I've really enjoyed the story in and they find interesting ways to do it. Like games like telling lies or her story, but it's not the norm. Yeah. yeah it's, so, it's incredibly yeah. difficult to find a way to really mesh but, gameplay and, and story. But games like God of War and like the last of us don't really attract you based off of their story. Right. No, and even a game like Mass Effect, like, yeah, sure, there's a great story in there somewhere, but you're talking about over 100 hours of gameplay to get that. It's an incredibly ineffective way to deliver a good story. Um, isn't that isn't that like the duality of a game that makes it so good, though? It's where, like, you can create your own story, well, and that's I mean, why Mass Effect 2 like, is so good. Is like yeah, you but play after so a certain much, you point, your you're going to be invested. So it's like no matter how much time, like, even if the story's not that great, you put so much of yourself into that game that you're going to like it regardless. It's kind of like what happens with TV shows. Once you get three episodes deep, you're usually hooked. Just that doesn't, Yeah. That doesn't make it wrong, though. No, it's fine, but, I mean, if... It's more drawn out. I, yeah. I guess maybe it does make it wrong because if it takes you a hundred hours to do something that another format could do in two hours, that is kind of a problem. 
But what if the hundred hours makes you if we're makes speaking it more about story. rewarding yeah. than the two hour segment, right? Well, the, the whole thing people always bring up is, oh, well, it's interactive. You got to make the decisions and stuff like that. And a lot of times that works against the storytelling too, because you have the, the framework of the story and then you have the person making the decisions, creating their own story that sometimes contradict with that. Your story is going to get diluted if you have multiple branching paths and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it, it, I think it's stupid to say like, oh, storytelling a video game is bad because that's just like a blanket statement that can't apply to everything. There's really interesting things that people have done to, uh, to do that. But I think a lot of people, they, they try to praise video games a li- little too much for the, for mm. mediocre storytelling. Because, I mean, who the fuck reads books anymore? When's the last time anyone's read a book? I mean, like an actual, like, words on a page book. Not an article, not an audio book. 25 years ago, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, man. Uh, Weeks but, ago. <laughs> but a book is an amazing thing, dude. Like, I, I think you got to read at least one a year. It's, I, I think you forget how much like you create a story in your head when you read a book and you're painting your own pictures mm-hmm. and you're focusing just on that. And yeah, you're building your vocabulary and doing other stuff as well. But it's, it's almost like having a little quiet time to yourself. And I, I don't know, video games are just a little too erratic for something. So yeah, I don't know. Nick, I, you, gotta... I, you know, in my, in my own opinion, I, I agree and disagree in a lot of different ways. And I, I think you're, I think the way you view things is very fair. And when it comes to someone who was a listener to this podcast and it, and, and is now part of it, um, I would say the, the reason why people watch this podcast part is of it for like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. um, I think, I think a, a large reason why people watch this podcast is not because of the game reviews or whatever is for takes like that, Bobby. So thank you for that. Yeah, I got takes. I mean, I fell asleep, but it's cool. I mean, if I would have totally disagreed with myself, probably at a different point in my life, but just, you know, this is kind of where I'm at with games, you know, time is obviously limited. So it drastically changes my, my outlook on these things. So somebody who has a lot more time to kill. And I think that's where I'm at comparatively to what you're, where you're at right now. Like trying to bring up the next fucking topic, but resident evil village, me and Leslie are so invested into the story. She's like, are you going to play village today? And I'm like, uh, I was going to play squad to get more footage. She's like, mm, well, maybe you should play village for like, at least an hour before you go to like, you really want to know where that fucking baby is. Don't you? Do you know what, do you know what it would take for Sam to ask me to play video games over something else, dude? It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. It literally wouldn't happen. And so, you know, for me, like right now, because I have a smidge of time, like I have a solid two or three hours where I can really do what I want. It's like, I can invest inside of a story because, dude, Village is really fucking good. It's it's right after the the game seven, which is in Louisiana, and it has a really good storytelling and like different than than a lot of the other Resident Evils. It's in first person. There's a lot of different mechanics and things like that. But man, is is Village good too? I just beat the first official boss. Some people are saying that the first three bosses are not really bosses; that they're mini bosses, but. I just beat the first official boss, and I'm ready to continue. Um, this is a must-play for anybody that likes puzzle games, That anybody that likes um, uh, horror games. There's been times where me and Leslie are running, and it's like you kind of feel that like whisk, like cold wind on your neck, and you're like, I need to fucking run now. Not to mention there's a nine-foot-tall giant you know, uh, vampire lady that gets your attention for the first 20 minutes. 
Um, but it, it is a good game, man, so far. Damn. And and the reviews back you up, man. It's at 95% right now on Steam, which is hard to do because usually, you know, that means that there's not a lot of technical difficulties either. I have not run into a single technical problem with this game whatsoever. And it, <laughs> I, I and love it is how good. that's the exception. This is go, this yeah. goes back to what I was saying before. Like the fact that this game runs smoothly for so many people is an anomaly. Uh, and Bobby and I were talking about it earlier, how Capcom has been on a fucking tear lately. Um, their earnings report came out and they're like, that doubled their like revenue over the last like three years or something crazy. Um, they're, they're just killing it lately and how I, I wish they'll take some village money and put into street fighter. Cause street fighter is a flaming pile of shit right now. I, I honestly think that, you know, there's a sense of community when you play video games, especially when games are good and, and, and rightfully so when games are bad and people start pulling at their pitchforks and torches, when Resident Evil 6 came out and it was an action RPG and it was Garbo, there was no storytelling really. It was like you're fighting a giant bone dog and you're like anime jumping from train to train and all this stuff. People were like, dude, this is fucking garbage. Like, this is a hot pile of shit. Get rid of it. What do they do? They completely reformatted the Resident Evil series, like Resident Evil gameplay. They went back to what really tells the story and really is attractive to some people, and that was a first-person horror. They saw the success of PT, like the PT demo on PS4, and they they made Resident Evil 7, which is an amazing game as well. I, I strongly suggest if you're going to pick up Village, you either play it before or even after you play Village, so you know where things are starting off. And it's not a must-play to understand Village, but you can definitely play Village. Um, you're confusing me. Does Village happen before seven? No, no, no. So Village happens directly after seven. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but the main character in seven um, discovers there's some very interesting things upon himself and and people in his life, and excludes himself from the area that he is living in and moves to Europe. And discovers that there's even crazier shit to happen to himself in Europe. So yeah, it's less zombies, you, right? Right? That's not lot zombies per se. So you know that's the thing. You know, in the Resident Evil universe, the like the T virus doesn't turn people into zombies anymore. It turns people into, or whatever the fuck they call it. I think it's like the Y virus now, but it doesn't turn people into to zombies. It turns people now into werewolves, or it turns people into like giant things they've really reformatted the way that things work and kind of worked with the story to to essentially bring zombies back because me and leslie are like what is this thing well it's not really a werewolf and it's not really a a vampire or i you know the vampires made this thing so i guess it's a zombie and so that's where we're at now it's Mm. great it's great man you made me want to play games uh, moving yeah. on, I guess. Uh, I want Bobby to play game. Resident Evil. Like this, this is like seven. one of those games where it has story, great mechanics. It works pretty like a charm. I, I I want someone that has a critical outlook, not only in a in a. Obviously, I'm very rose tinted glasses. Like I, I I see things. If if it's got a Warhammer fucking flavor on it, I'm playing it. If it's got this or that, I'm playing it. If if it's got cool gameplay, I'm playing it. But Bobby's like very analytical, very determined. Like 
He reviews movies for Christ's sake and reads books. So I, I would like to see what he thinks of Resident reviews Evil movies 8. and reads books. <laughs> that is the criteria. You're the cream of the social crust, Bobby. <laughs> Um, hey, man, as I, my I wife says, seven. you're like the robot pimp, all right, Mr. <laughs> the robot to a golf course. Um, I, I did play seven, and I played it for like an hour and never picked it back up again. Uh, that's I, not I, a that's fair do, man. Yeah, but I don't know. It was kind of, I don't know what it was, man. It was a little bit of the run and hide. I don't have the nostalgia for Resident Evil, though. I didn't play a lot of the old games, so I'm not as... Um, I don't think you need to. It's kind of like a whole new thing. Yeah, it has changed a lot, but still, I don't. I don't know what it is. These are very popular games, but for me, they just they didn't quite click. It's for me, a- dude, for me, it's like the whole baby thing. Obviously, having a new baby myself, Leslie's like, "Yo, I gotta know where this fucking baby's at." Because spoiler alert: on the first ten, like ten minutes of the game, your baby gets stolen. Um, and so we're, I mean, we just we have a nine month old baby. We're like, we must find baby. Like, it, it, like that's where we're at now. So. <laughs> Uh, Sniper, can you zoom in? I'm an old man and everything is blurry. Uh, I do want to find where the dev, what devs they came together to do this. Oh, here we go. So, um, some people from Blizzard and Epic have gotten together. Some people after they have left Blizzard and Epic, they got together and put their own, uh, mobile or what is it? Remote, uh, studio together so they're all working remotely there's not an actual studio but the games that they've worked on and the people that they are is like some heavy hitters i think they probably left whatever whatever reasons they left there wherever they came from um we have go up again where right where you just were you have the ui director from epic you have two former project managers from bioware zenimax online and epic you have a guy uh, the art director from blizzard you have the brand manager from blizzard and epic all in this new um it's funny to call it this but uh they call it in this article they call it a uh, indie studio and it is because you know they're just starting out uh, they probably don't have a whole ton of money, uh, but they have all these heavy hitters from, you know, years ago. And uh, they are putting together an RPG uh, that also includes um, kind of like world um, modification, kind of like Minecraft or Roblox, they said. Um, so they want to kind of turn the whole RPG thing on its head where the world is also malleable, not just the characters. And um, very, very uh, cocky, they said, you know, if if somebody was going to turn RPG on their head, it would be a group like this. So uh, I, I just think it's really interesting. I, I, I love to see people getting fed up with whatever it was, big business or whatever it was, microtransactions, stuff like that. Take off, find like-minded people, and then get back to making awesome games so that's maybe i'm looking at it through fuchsia tinted spectacles but um uh it's exciting no, it, it really is exciting i think the best games come out of passion and not out of greed so i'm excited to see what happens you know yeah absolutely so um i'm you know we got one thing that uh, that Sniper wants to say, but I want to say thank you to the Drillbit for subbing to 13 months and uh, Gabriel 
um, being upgraded to the we did $10 this Patreon level. We hey, did wait, we this did this, dude. What are you doing? Oh, we did? Yeah. We could do it twice. It's cool. They deserve it. Okay. Yeah, double, wait, you're you're for double that, shout right? out, Will. Thank you for, uh, for $5 or $10, man. Double shout <laughs> out. Okay. Well, we do All have right. a new sub. Thank you, Recycled, for 33 months in the lead, yep. by the way. <laughs> Damn. Let, let, okay, let man. Bobby handle the business, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. So, uh, The Last of Us 2 live action series has started filming right by where I live in Calgary. They're looking for extras and they're looking for 14 trucks uh, that are older than 1993. And I just want to flag this because it's cool. A lot of things, or not a lot of things, but some things get filmed outside of Calgary. Lots of different biomes to choose from. And, uh, I don't know. I think I should apply, right? Like, what could, what do I have to lose? Yeah, man. Did I ever tell you that I was an extra in the um, really shitty um, Steve Jobs biopic with uh, what's his name? The guy from Punked. Uh, do you know his name, Bobby? There were a couple Steve Jobs biopics. There was no, Ashton no, 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 Kutcher. No, no. There the guy was from Punked. The... What was his name? Yeah, Ashton was Kutcher. It? Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. So he did a he did a Steve Jobs biopic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, unfortunately, always, right after he passed away. No, that was and uh, yeah, I was an extra in it, so it was pretty cool. Damn, dude! Were you did actually you have any, did you like, make the cut? Time? Yeah, did you make the cut? Uh, yeah, I got like a hundred bucks, and I, no, I mean, you, you kind of see the silhouette of my head. Oh, okay, um, it's in the it's in, it's in a scene where. Uh, it, it, like uh, one of the guys is introducing Steve Jobs, and it's like one of the early like you're supposed to dress in period clothing with clothing, which was supposed to be like late '80s, early '90s. And uh, me and my me and my me and my buddy were like, "Hey, man, we got four hours to kill on a Saturday. Let's go go in this movie." And so we did. What? I always Dude, bring that's, that. That's crazy. <laughs> I think that one was just called Jobs. I'm not sure. But I always bring that I one up so. because the trailer, I, I'll never forget the trailer because there's a part they really want to emphasize in this movie that Steve Jobs is committed to creativity and creativity comes first. And there's a part in this trailer where they're having a group meeting and somebody in the meeting at this table says, who cares about typeface?" You know, like Times New Roman is fine. And Steve Jobs looks at him and says, get the fuck out <laughs> or something like that. It's just like, get out. And it's just and the movie has like a little like, I don't know if they like do a, a sound cue there or something like that. But it's like that's the the punchline there. No, so. it was dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dude, what a badass, right? What a fucking yeah. mafia leader. What a Don. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That Nick only got a hundred bucks. My friend was in the expanse. As well, an yeah, extra usually for like extras get about seconds. 50 to a hundred bucks a day. That's pretty normal. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He made $2,400 being an extra. Yeah. For, for 10 ha- seconds. He was on, he was there for three or four days. That's no, that's oh, not what three you or should four expect. Days, that's why. Okay. Yeah. No, but still dude, extras. Like if you go to LA, you get 50 to a hundred bucks a day. Yeah. A day. Yeah. For being an extra three yeah, to four well, days. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he, he made it. Is it not unionized? He had to join the union and everything. That's mandatory. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they have lines? No, that sounds like a legit acting job, man. Did he have lines? No, it's no lines. He's just a background extra for like, yeah, 10 seconds, if that. I watched the scene. It's like, yeah, nine or 10 seconds. Not very long. But you can make Mad Bank as an extra. Some people, that's like what people do, right? Like they're full time extras. Not really. Well, not out yeah, here. Maybe, maybe what? where what? you guys are at, but. 
What are you telling me? Not really, dude. Yes, one hundred percent. People do our extras. That's like their well, thing. They're extras as they, movies. yeah. They also, um, you know, they're constantly going to whatever, trying to get into film or or commercials. Well, I don't know. Maybe some people make a living on it, but I'm telling you, dude. Like in L.A., fifty to one hundred bucks. I uh, unless it's they're desperate or if it's maybe it's different for like scenes like if you're going to be featured more prominently or something and you know if they're getting like extras for some like a crowd shot you yeah. know then they're yeah. going to get a lot of people might be cheaper but for the most part I've, I've known plenty of people that have been extras but it's usually about 50 to 100 bucks. is your friend the fucking smoke show like no whoa. dude he's a he's a random belter uh, they made him look fucking dope we got makeup out and everything oh, yeah, but no he's on. no major part huh that's pretty crazy. Cool. Yeah, man. So maybe I'll make 2400 bucks being a, a zombie in The Last of Us 2. We'll see. I used to be able to do the clicker sound really good, but I can't do it with a mouthful of cheeseburger. <laughs> maybe no cheeseburgers doing podcasts. Maybe that. Uh, you never know. Uh, so <laughs> no, at this point, know. we're going to listener questions. Do <laughs> um, you want to read them, Bobby, or do you want me to read them? Uh, yeah, I can read them. All right, Warconius <laughs> asks, is Twitch really about gaming, or has this proven that when it comes to bikinis and hot tubs, gaming comes second to nice titties? I mean, if you were going to weigh how much money is generated by people gaming and how much by titties, I I would have to assume that it it's a landslide for the gaming. Well, I don't, I don't know. There, there was a time where I could tell you what was going on with Twitch and just the general vibe and, you know, the, the zeitgeist of Twitch, I guess. But now I, I never watch Twitch. I have no idea what's going on with it. Nor do I. Yeah. Same here. Like I, the only time I queued into Twitch for the past three months is right there on the top left. You see Pastilli. That's the only reason. And he's a guy that was raising charity to feed kids around the world. And with all the, with all the, the booby streamers right now, I think, you know, they're going to make their money and the stuff will pass. But if, if you're obviously really looking into that stuff, just go to like my free cams or whatever other cam website and you can just do the same thing. But no, even no, no, more no, explicative. No. no, we have a murder mystery on our hands with our digital logic Twitch page because all our recommended channels pretty much are, you know, the titty streamers. Maybe it's making more money. Maybe they're the recommended because the algorithm favors what's going to make Twitch the most money. No, I think it goes off of age. No, I think it's because what you've clicked and liked on before. If if you see the people we follow, we follow apparently a lot of these people. Now we have three suspects. We have Robert Digital, Ender's Logic, and M Pilaf. And one of you guys has been going on here and and thirsty. You guys are thirsty. You guys Dude, are thirsty people. I don't even thirsty. know. How, I don't even know how to log on to our Twitch. I'm constantly I'm only act. logged on into my own account, so... But why I do mean, we follow I, Pastilli, Nick? Bobby! Uh, I have no I clue about that. I to download one. the video, but yeah, that's we, about all I do on Twitch. Yeah, I don't know who the follow channels. I have no idea who any of those people are. Oh, it's funny that the finger pointer never fingers himself. Wait, how do you say that? Oh, Let's my go. God. Go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they know by our content, they're just like, 
this is probably what we should send out these guys. Or maybe they just know, hey, Twitch, let's just start them off with the titty streamers because... That'll you know, keep them here as a titty streamer. You, you are on Twitch. You are a gamer. This is probably, you know, <laughs> no, it's a but, safe bet. <laughs> when Sniper accused says, me... I think it was Mini Del Macho. <laughs> when Sniper accused me of this, I was like, no, there's real porn. Why would I... Why would I do that? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I'll just go watch somebody getting banged in the ass. Not why would I? Somebody that that uh, teases it for fifteen months. I don't. I don't know. I don't get I, dude, what I really think it like the titty streamer thing is is like literally people at work that can't that have like monitored work experiences that are like I gotta watch something, man. I think what? that's really that and kids. No, dude, come on. Yeah, kids, kids. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that and kids. But enough yeah. of that uh, stuff. Let's uh, second question there, buddy. All right. Next question from the Livingston. Can I buy your sa- uh, salsa slash hot sauce slash seed stuff now? This is in no. This is in hot contention right now. Um, me and my business partner are uh, at odds right now. Not that we're arguing. It's just like I'm like, dude. We have no time. Obviously, he, we have no he time. He wanted times nomen rumen rumen times nom. Cut all right, cut all this. Edit point right here. He wanted Times New Roman and you said get the, get the fuck, fuck out. out. Yeah. All right, there it was. We got it. He's like <laughs> it's in the can. He's like, I want sunflower seeds. I was like, get the <laughs> fuck out. Um well, I want to show something that shows that I am not the titty streamer person. Do you notice right here on my uh on my phone? I have my wife uh going ahead and letting me know uh you better not be fucking looking at titty streamers. Whatever you're trying to so, show us, your screen was locked, Nick. So we just saw. Uh, okay, fuck. This is just so incriminating, dude. Yeah. Like you've just you're like come on. And nah, he was also you, he was it's also you. the guy right now who was we like, know. Hey, we can know we you move on? Titty streamers when you're making my thumbnails, man. He's Thank like, God. can we move well, on? Can we go to the next thing? We got to get away from this hot topic. You know, it's he probably was like, like the YouTube. Uh, uh, algorithm like someone must have clicked on one of those for like five seconds and that's because we have so little activity on our twitch account that it's just like it just oh, almost, okay. yeah that happened to me <laughs> when i was at work i i clicked on one steven crowder episode and like all my shit is a bunch of republican stuff i'm like what like i i, I just wanted to know what he said to this guy and yeah. like same thing happened everything to me, yeah. yeah, getting all that Tucker Carlson in the feed now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, current favorite. Uh, so, from the Livingston, current favorite party game. Wait, well, yeah, I, I wasn't done. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm pushing for. I don't have time. He doesn't have time. Um, we have all the ingredients. It's all sitting right there, ready to go. We want to ship these things out. Uh, but uh, we have to hire a third person to to put it all together, do all the work, basically. And now that we've done the groundwork, um, I filed the taxes for it, which was good. Um, I finally did that. Um, so we're basically, it's all ready to go. We just need to hire somebody to get it all done. Because literally, I don't we have We just time. need somebody to do all the work. All the work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not always All the, the physical stuff. All the physical labor. All right. Uh, Livingston also asks, current favorite party game? Uh, uh, what's it called? The um, the game, the Jackbox Party Pack number two, whatever one has. Uh, Quiplash. Yeah, I think it's hands down the best. Yeah. Well, they have multiple versions of Quiplash and the different Jackbox Party Packs. Um, I like. uh, Well, it depends what you're talking about. Like, if you're gonna talk about a 
board game. Um, for a drinking game, I like a game called Shoulders. I also like um, uh, Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Those are really good uh, drinking games. Uh, as far as party games, Mario Party. Oh, there was an update for Mario Party uh, recently. It just came out this month. Mm-hmm. And apparently they shortened up the game because the, all the cutscenes and everything, it just, you know, to play a, yeah, a small yeah. game takes like an hour and a half. It's ridiculous. Um, so it shortened things up. It added some game modes. I haven't tried it out yet, but that's that's exciting. Um, there's just so much. Uh, Gang Beast, I'm going to say. That's probably my favorite. It's always a big hit. Yeah. All right. And he also asks, coming, uh, are you coming back to D&D soon? Probably not, man. Um, you know, I, I had to quit there this particular D&D session because of uh, my change of schedule. I went to a later schedule at work. And there's a chance that I might even going be going later than that. Um, so I, I don't think so. Unfortunately, I really like my character in that one. Nick, what are you eating? Are those McDonald's. Don't worry about it. <laughs> put a handful of fries in his mouth. <laughs> Dude, I'm uh, so hungry. Yeah, man. D and D is a commitment. So we've been doing Pulsar on Fridays, but I don't think we've done it in weeks just because it's hard for people to get their schedules lined up. Yeah. Except for me, man. I'm there every day or every Friday. <laughs> schedules I'm telling you people schedules but i got it easy i don't have kids or anything crazy yeah but right now i'm um i'm actually going to be starting up an in-person D session because you guys aren't available so that's where i'm at are you going to dm it uh yeah because it's leslie's first time and it's one of my friends's first time and so dming kind of gives them training wheels instead of just like hey this is your first time ever playing D, so you're dm yeah mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Uh, Warconius has another question. He says, I've been playing through my back catalog and wondering if you guys have ever played or finished these games. Brutal Legend, Yakuza 0, Gear Tactics, Halo 4 Firewatch, and or Halo 4 Firewatch and Spirit Fair. Um, I played, I, I, I responded to them. I said that uh, Firewatch is two hours long. Mm-hmm. I beat I beat it in one or two sittings. Uh, that's a very short game. Yeah, I beat that, and I was glad I did because it's a twist ending. Yeah, it's from the guys who did Gone Home. Good game. Yeah, they short. got acquired by Microsoft. Valve. Valve. And then nothing ever happened. No, they're working in Valve. They're doing stuff. Okay, good. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember, but I remembered uh, uh, what when I read the article, there was they were talking about what it was that they're doing. It, Valve, Blizzard, like a lot of these companies, they do so much stuff that doesn't necessarily come to light or it yeah. uh, you know seeps out in other ways. Um, I was just talking to somebody about Brutal Legend the other day. I've never played that game, which is surprising. What? Yeah. Like if you were to ask, if somebody, it's a great game. If somebody else would have asked me, I would be like, oh yeah, that's like one of Bobby's favorite games. <laughs> yeah, it's a double fine game. Yeah, it's got yeah. Jack Black. Yeah, never played it, man. I hmm. got to check that one out. Yeah. Um, the other ones, never heard of, uh, except for Gears of War. I would say I'm 60% of the way through, I mean, Gears Tactics. Um, it's a great game. I, I One of my favorite tactics games ever. Uh, but um, going on a, the next, there's another question about, anyway, um, I want to finish XCOM 2 before I 
finish any other XCOM games or uh, tactics games. Hmm. I am wasted. All right, Aurora, Aurora Wolf asks, what's a game that you've always wanted to finish but could never get around to it? See, we went out of... That's what I want to say. It's XCOM 2. That's what I was trying to get around to. I was trying okay. to answer two questions in one. I mean, it's Death Stranding. I played it. I really want to continue seeing what the story's like, but I just really haven't gotten the chance. Yeah, I got to continue that game as well. But the game that I always mention when this question comes up is Doom 3. I've been trying to beat that game for... 17 years now since it came out in 04 <laughs> i have played that game I, it's a half-life 2 situation going on i played the first half maybe even first two-thirds of that game like four times now probably and then for some reason or another saves get lost and i have to restart so playing through that first part is just it's brutal when you've done it so many times you sounds don't like do excuses it. bobby yeah, it's a... I mean, you could hack the game and start at level whatever, right? Yeah, Somehow. I could. So the problem that I ran into recently is with the uh, BFG edition. Like, I don't know, that screwed something up somehow because I played it on the original Doom 3 and then my saves didn't get saved and I moved to uh, the BFG edition. But the problem is that game's like almost 20 hours long. Mm, I, damn. I, it's like 17, 18, somewhere around there. It's a long game. So it's... Yeah, it's a tough one to to check off, but I really do like that game. Um, and our last question, Tag Loro asks, is post-apocalyptic getting overdone? What setting would you like to see more of? I think somebody that's not into post-apocalyptic stuff would say yes, like Bobby. But me, is like, it's my favorite shit. As soon as something, I see that setting, I'm like, ooh. Like, I'm already... 10% in. You just got to fill in the rest. No, it's so generic and boring to me. And I don't know if it's because of the setting or because I've just played so many games that have had that setting and about movies? not good. Movies? Is it overdone in movies? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, a movie's like two hours long. If it's, you don't really feel like things yeah. get overdone, you know? Like a video game you spend so much more time with. Bobby, you see Loving Monsters yet? No, I've not. Loving up. robots or loving, loving monsters? Oh no, no, I have not seen that. Yet. Damn, yeah. fucking up, right, Nick? He's fucking up, <laughs> dude. Loving monsters is so good. Yeah, it's also really trippy. It's what I've heard. Yeah, it's on the watch list. Um, what setting would you like to see more of? <laughs> I, have, I had a, I had a really good response to this. I want to see a post-apocalyptic game, right? But it's advanced post-apocalyptic, where the apocalypse happened, but now we're so far in advancement, like uh, it's post. Like we're kind of we're kind of back to normal, mm. but like people are trying to cover up the apocalypse, and maybe like the main character is trying to show like, hey, like whatever it might be, like an evil regime or whatever the fuck it is, like hey, no, 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 this all happened. We don't want to repeat it again. Listen, send your script over to us. And uh, we'll see what it's like. <laughs> um, I always like a good pirate theme. And uh, maybe Western. I don't know. There's not a lot of Western out there, I feel like. Eh, there kind of is. But then they always do it up with some weird stuff. You know, there's always some twist that comes in. Cowboys and robots or Cowboys versus aliens. Is that what it was? The Cow movie? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That was a int- very interesting, like, setting, at least. Yeah. I don't think that movie did very well or was very good. Not not Harrison Ford's best. Way to shit on my point, Bobby. <laughs> but I guess that's an interesting mixture, right? Hey, we made it through another one, guys. Yeah. Barely. Just barely. All right. What's everyone playing next week? Don't all go at once. <laughs> next playing McDonald's. I, 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 was, I was waiting for you to go first. Uh, go ahead. I'm done. Um, Resident Evil for sure. I'm at least going to put four hours into that. Maybe some Returnal. Um, I just put out a squad video, so I might be playing more squad. We'll see as far as that goes. But I really want to check out that game that Bobby mentioned, like with the cool uh, Grifflands. Yeah. I really want to check it out. So well, I'm going to send it to you as soon as I Everybody remember. should check that game out. It's so good, man. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I'm going to be getting into something. Things have really started to calm down for me, uh, and it's going to get better this week, so I'm going to have a little bit more time. Um, again, Friday is the day. If anybody wants to play some games, jump on during Friday, and uh, I'm usually on there playing some sort of co-op game. But somebody on our YouTube commented and mentioned a game called Blind Profit, a point-and-click adventure. I checked that out, and it looked really good. So, you know, that's that's on the wish list. We'll see. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to start getting it. Usually during summers, I get into a, a grid-based RPG and, you know, something real thick that I can spend a lot of time on. So maybe it's about time to fire up one of those. There's no more Legend of Grim Grimrocks, but there is a cool one called Operentia, hmm. kind of a weird name, and Vaporum. Vaporum was like the steampunk version of Legend Legend of Grimrock. So, Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see, but it's going to be something for me. Well, if you, if you do want a uh, turn-based game like that, um, uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground is coming out. It's not uh, just turn-based. Check no. that out. It's it's grid. It is turn-based. No, grid-based. Grid-based. It's different. It is grid-based as well. I don't think you know what he's talking about. It's very like it's. Um, did you ever play Swords and Serpents on the NES or Wizardry? Wizardry. Oh, yeah, no, it's not that. Yeah, not, not the that. later wizardries, but especially the, the earlier ones. Yeah, it's a very specific type of thing that often gets misconstrued with a lot of other stuff. But It's like uh, a first-person party RPG. Oh, yeah. that's really right. Weird. Yeah, if you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you watch a little gameplay from Legend of Grimrock. It, uh, that really encapsulates what it is. You've got a oh yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and you move them, and you fight enemies. And if an enemy attacks you from the left side, then the people on your left flank are getting hit from behind. You know the same. Um, it's it's not turn based. Sometimes it is, but uh, a lot of the ones I play are not. And Legend of Grimrock, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how hard that game is. There were some puzzles that I would have never gotten without I'd, looking it up. Right? Yeah, I had yeah. to look them up. There weren't they ones where you have to fall in the right hole to like there's like trap doors i remember there was a boss with like trap doors yeah there's a lot of trap doors that stuff was easy like there's this lever puzzle well fuck you bobby god damn the the (laughs) amount of microaggressions this episode has been immense Uh, (laughs) immense i'm sorry did you play these games yeah you played legend of grimrock yeah 
Oh, I didn't know that. I stopped when the puzzles. Bobby sounds out. so pretentious right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> played Legend of Grim. <laughs> Your simple titty streamer watching. I usually remember <laughs> these things, but the the first one I didn't. I don't know. I don't. You attended the prestigious college college of Grim Baraka. Oh my god. <laughs> The the first one was but not as like, difficult. I'm kill you all. It was about seven hours long, I think, maybe a little bit longer. The second one was like twice as long, and there were just some puzzles that I yeah. I would have never gotten. You YouTube that shit. I remember yeah. you talking about it. But great games. I can't tell if Kana Kobayashi's um, comments are... No, he's spamming. He's spamming, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's funny stuff, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, next week, what will I be playing? Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to... I, mean, I Dracula is going to have to go on the shelf. Just because like, I'd rather play by the Isaac. Just because I know everything already. And I, Yeah, I, I, it doesn't sound like it's happening for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, more controller games. Now that I can play in the living room, this opens up a plethora of opportunities for me. So, um, yeah. Oh, I've been playing a little more of um, Fire Trials of Fire and uh, really enjoying that. I, not enough to talk about, but um, probably going to be playing that more. All right. Are we all wrapping up? Yep. Speaking for Bobby, yep. Christian, Nick, and myself, um, breasts. Nice, nice plump ones. Switch it up there, Bobby. Yeah. I'm trying to get a little more PC. What do you think? <laughs> I think breasts are worse than titties. <laughs> what? I th- mm. That's... Mm. <laughs> then Nick just blew a gasket. I feel like I feel like titties is like... You go to Mardi Gras and you see titties, but like you're in love with someone. You're like... Breasts. Some nice breasts. 